What's up, you sexy beasts? It's your boy, Jupac, aka Rabbi Kenlis, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I'm going to walk you through the 22 things we did to sell over a million dollars of our online course. Today's episode is going to be relevant whether you have any type of business, because there'll be a lot of marketing strategies in there. I'm going to give you the 22 meaty things that we exactly did in this episode. If you want to read the full details, go to okdork.com slash 69. Yes, it's not a joke. Okdork.com slash 69. Before I get into this episode, I'm just going to tell you two things. One, go check out sumo.com. Just do it. If you want to collect emails, what you're going to do if you have any type of business, go use sumo.com. It's free to use. Number two, big shout out Ben Mises from listwithclever.com. Ben said, yo, your episode was dope. And he gave me the name Jupac. I love that name. It sounds cool, right? So check him out, listwithclever.com. And email me, know at okdork.com, or just tweet at me, at Noah Kagan, and I will call you out on one of my future episodes. So let's get it on. So in 2013, I didn't know what to do at AppSumo.com. That's our daily deal site. Business was flat. We hit about $4 million total. But we wanted to have more control of our revenue and have more predictability. And so I thought, mm, let's just do a course. Literally, we had nothing else better to do. Literally, I had no other better ideas. And so I thought, well, why don't I do a course about how we started AppSumo? That's the number one question we always got. And so if you're struggling with what kind of business or course can I start, just say, what kind of questions are people always asking me? Or specifically, what are you tired of explaining to people? Just do those. Quick caveat about this episode. This episode is not about how to start and improve your course. It's not. It's just the marketing tactics. So you can go elsewhere to do that. If you want to find a platform, check out teachable.com. It's what I'd recommend for where to put your course online. Number two, when you're creating a course, online stuff is not magic. It's not going to just sell your course instantly. Focus really offline and really focus one at a time and making sure people are getting the results and the success of your course. Do that. Before I recommend any type of marketing, and I'm going to give you the tactics, pick a goal. And I'll talk about our goal a little bit, but that's something before I get into this thing about what am I really trying to accomplish in any types of my businesses, whatever your business is, pick some goal and you can check out our episode, okdork.com slash goals to plan for your year. Let's get it on. Here are the 22 things that we did to sell over a million dollars a course that I hope will help you sell your course or any type of marketing that you're trying to do for your business. Number one, sumojerky.com. So I emailed our audience and I said, I'm going to prove to you that I can start a profitable business within 24 hours and you get to choose which one I start. And so I couldn't use any of our audience to sell the product though. So it would be starting just like anyone else. The top three choices were lemonade, beef jerky, and hot sauce. I did beef jerky because that's something I eat weekly. So within 24 hours, drum roll, I sold $3,000 worth and $1,000 of profit. And then I sent an email to the audience showing exactly how I did it. People went ballistic. And I was honestly shocked at how many people were like, wow, I can't believe you did it. I was like, I don't know. I just followed what I told you I was going to do. And that was the number one way we sold our course. And so what I want you to think about for your business is that we did a real case study and there was risk that it may not work. And so I think most case studies, they're not believable. It's like how Jimbo did well and he's great. And I just, it doesn't make me feel like it actually proves the product. So how can you prove that either your material or your product really will work with high confidence? Think about it. Number two, Facebook ads. This is duh. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. We basically targeted Tim Ferriss because he's my boy. And a lot of people that read him want to start a business. And two, we did retargeting to visit the site. The only thing I'm going to say about ads that I think is impactful is that if your product is over $100 and it's not an impulse purchase, you probably want to have different lifecycle ads from when the person might hear about you until they get closer to wanting to make a purchase, especially if it's a higher price item and it's not impulse. Some of our ads that moved people through it was like, kill your inner entrepreneur. 
Start a business for the price of a cup of coffee. Build your $1,000 a month business today. So think about their journey. Number three, create another type of site that will lead gen into your main business. So we created How I Made My First Dollar, which was a hackathon project we built in 24 hours that showed how different entrepreneurs got their first dollar. We emailed a bunch of our friends and business partners, and we enabled it so anyone on the web could submit their site. And we thought then those people would share it to other people. So it worked okay. I wouldn't say it drove a ton of sales, but it definitely was effective. So think about how I can create a free site that will lead Jen into my business. Number four, email drip series. So 98% of people don't buy on your website the first time they get there. That means only 2% of visitors are going to buy. So you've got to capture that 98% of people's audience to educate them and hopefully sell them later. You can use sumo.com. I told you about that. Use it to capture those emails. So our drip series went exactly like this. Right when they joined, we said, here's five things that you can go do to start your business today. There was no sell. It was just, here's stuff you can go do. 24 hours later, we said, here's the case study about how I started a business that you can do for yourself. And number three, 48 hours later, we said, hey, if you actually like this stuff and you're wanting to start your business, do it now. The beauty of a drip series is that it works around the clock. All of your employees, unfortunately, go to sleep. The computer never sleeps. And so you got to put things on autopilot that can run your business for you around the clock. An email drip series is one of those things. I highly recommend in every business setting that up. Number five, urgency. So there's never a good time to join a course. People have wives, dogs, jobs, hobbies. So to motivate someone to prioritize your shit is really, really tough. So we added and honored a monthly limit of how many people could actually join the course. What that meant is that every month between 100 to 300 people could buy the course. And no, we didn't do an internet marketing scammy shit where after 300 people could keep buying. We said, now you're on the wait list and we'll notify you when we open it up next month. So can you add a timer? Can you limit the quantity? Can you do something that would encourage people to take action on your course or in your business right away? That's legit. There's definitely some companies out there. Look at those timers. Just refresh the page and the timer just resets. I think that's scammy and I think those companies suck. Number six. Email it about it monthly. This literally blows my mind. AppSumo was 500,000 subscribers. And you think that with one email that everyone would have bought that should have bought. No, they didn't. I literally was shocked. And we messaged monthly about the course to our audience. And so after nine months, people would be buying finally. And I'm like, why the hell didn't you buy in January when we told you the first time? And so different people are on different timelines of their life. So keep trying with different messages, different motivations, different styles. Different people get sold in different ways. The key thing is that if you believe in your course or in your product, keep promoting the course in a beneficial way to your audience where that even if they don't buy from that email, that they still get something valuable out of it, even if they never bought. Another thing, I'm going to call this one 6A, is double opens. You might have heard me talk about this, the Samuel L. Jackson hack. Double opens, and I've done this recently, I sent an email out about Suave Shoes to the OK Dork audience. And the first email did OK. It was 20% open rate with a few clicks. And then what you do with for double opens, if it's an important email, I wouldn't recommend this on every single one, email the non-openers a few days later a new subject line. That ended up getting an extra 16% open rate, which is insane amount of results for basically no extra work. So that's something I would definitely recommend for your important emails. Number seven, conference. So we had a conference and we brought a bunch of people, said, if you buy the course, come hang out with us and we'll talk about this stuff live for a day. It was around 50 people. It wasn't a ton. Honestly, it was a bit draining to do the day that we had. Customers seemed to enjoy it. And maybe that's something they can do for selling your product or your course as an incentive. Number eight, live chat. This is huge. This is huge. So if you're not doing live chat, you're missing out. A lot of people, especially if your product is a monthly subscription or it's over a hundred bucks, they have a lot of questions. Like think about when you go somewhere, 
Like you go to a restaurant, you're like, hey, gluten-free people are like, oh, I've got celiacs. Is there potato grain in here? I don't know. Whatever you guys do. And so you have questions. So imagine walking to a store or a restaurant. Live chat is like a live salesperson on your site because it is. The thing that's really valuable about having live chat is two pieces. Number one, you can sell someone so you can understand their objections and overcome them. Number two, what's almost as valuable is what are the words that your customers use when making their purchases? So think about that. You can literally have the words that they use, which are not going to be the same as you. And you get that from your live chat. You can see the questions they ask and put those on your website. So I would do those two things and definitely have live chat. Number nine, case studies. So every single one of your customers thinks they're a unique butterfly. And yes, you, of course, you are my special butterfly. But showcasing other people who are similar to themselves, not just me, as I said, number one, proving it, but showcasing others that are similar to themselves makes them convinced that they could get similar results too. And most people believe case studies more than you spouting out historical accolades. I don't think you can do enough case studies. There should not be a limit. If you can do that monthly and make it valuable to your audience, I would highly recommend it. Number 10, no canceling. So this is not as bad as it sounds, but we made everyone really explain why they want to cancel. A lot of times people just want more help and really give them as much help as possible. I gave out my private phone number to prospective students And if we couldn't help them out, we totally would cancel. But I think for your customers, is there more that you can do? It's much easier to keep the customers you have than try to get new customers. Number 11, Reddit AMA. So that means Reddit asked me anything. I went to, I believe, Reddit startup, asked the mod, hey, I'll do a free AMA and give away all my information for free. Right now, especially with courses, there's a lot of information for free. The value of the course is a lot of times it's the structure, it's the organization, and it's the accountability. So some of these things Yes, I have a little bit of audience within a certain world, so it made it easier, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't do this in another place or on Reddit. Don't worry if you don't have a bunch of cloud. Maybe you can do this in a Facebook group. Hey, I'll answer any one of your questions. Or for people asking questions, just go answer them uh, in any group or any Reddit AMA. Number 12, mastermind. This is similar to the conference. So instead of doing a bigger thing, we did a six-person mastermind where we brought six people together. I know a lot of marketing tactics. People are saying, how do I get as many people as possible? Maybe go the opposite. How do I get as few people as possible and have high quality results to figure out what works so that I can replicate it? So what we found out from having a small six-person mastermind was honestly, no one followed through with anything we told them to do. And that's something we had to actually build into our course over time. Number 13, podcast, guest posting. You guys have heard this shit. I'm not gonna really go that deep into it. But I basically would do as many podcasts and as many guest posting as many times as I got asked. So every single customer counted. We wanted that 333 goal which I'm going to talk about in a bit. So do as many as you can. Another way of thinking about you doing guest posting or podcasting is thinking about how many customers do I need to get from this to make it worth it for me? And think about how much time it takes. So if you're thinking, all right, well, if I get one guest post, it's worth one customer, that's 300 bucks, divide it by the time that it takes you to create that post, and then you could figure out which things to do and not. Number 14, price. This is something you can do on conferences, you can do on your product, you can do in your course. So we increase the price once, and we added one payment plan option. Price is something I fully believe that should never end testing. It's something that you're gonna change over and over and over again. And so as well, you can tell your people, hey, I'm gonna be changing my price. It doesn't always mean up. You could actually go down in price. And I think that's something you can definitely do in your marketing for your course or your online business. Number 15, build in referrals. So we built marketing into our course. So when you joined, we made you hit up people for accountability in the course. And when you had specific success in the course, we said, hey, you should go share publicly that you're kicking a lot of ass. So in your business, are there places that make natural sense for someone to invite someone else or to share with other people? 
your best marketers are your own customers. Don't try to go find new people. See how they can actually be excited to share your business. Number 16, A-B tests. So I hate when I see on blog posts or podcasts that it's like, yeah, I did an A-B test and now I'm rich. It always just sounds so full of crap. And most of our A-B tests over the years have never worked. But I'm going to give you two specifically that made huge impacts. Number one, we changed the name of our course. So originally it was called How to Make Your First Dollar. I thought it was great. I was like, shit, let's just call it that. And we experimented though. Why don't we just call it How to Make a $1,000 a Month Business? And I didn't expect it, but the conversion rate doubled. Doubled. And so it's really great not to assume shit and not be surprised, but certain things that are huge opportunities, wherever there is a lot of traffic, wherever the biggest things are, test those out because you might be surprised what you're going to find out. Number two, reorganizing our site. So as I talked about you earlier with the live chat, we took every single question over the month and took them all together and put them in a spreadsheet. And then we tallied how many times we got those questions. Then we literally sorted it from the most questions down. So I know this might be complicated, but basically it's like, what are the most common questions we got? And then reorganize our landing pages from what are the most common questions we got so that we could answer them so people could convince themselves as they go on the site, be like, damn, these guys really know any of my objections so that I would be more likely to buy. Number 17, affiliate partners. And so at $600 a sale, we were able to pay out about 50% to partners who referred students to join us. It works. Do an affiliate program. Try it out. A lot of these things I would recommend do maybe one every other week or one a month. See how the results are. Either double down on it or completely kill it. Number 18, doing challenges. So we launched Failure Games. It was an iPhone app that encouraged people to fail. Included things such as Stranger Challenge, where you had to go get a picture with a stranger, as well as my favorite, the Coffee Challenge, which is asking 10% off at Starbucks. You say, hey, can I get 10% off the coffee? And they'll be like, why? And you're just like, just because. And so I think it's really helpful to do that. I've done it on podcasts and I've done it on blog posts and I've done it in general where I challenge the audience to do something because what you want them to do is take action and then you want them to believe you. And so if you can tell them something to go do, they do it and they get a result or they get a positive experience, they're going to want more from you. So think about what kind of challenges that people can do instantly and get results and then they'll love you. Number 19, sponsored newsletters. Another type of ad that we've done, this is a niche sponsorship in email newsletters compared to general Facebook ads. The reason I love this is that there's not a market around this. Anytime when you don't have a bunch of people competing means the price will be unfair. So what I mean by that is that if you can find opportunities to sponsor things that others haven't done, it means that you can actually probably find things that are really, really high ROI because you don't have a lot of competition. So we sent emails out, we sponsored newsletters and sent emails out showing the Sumo Jerky study. Guess what? When you find a piece of marketing that works, that's what you should use across all of your channels. Use it everywhere. We found that Sumo Jerky work and we sent it out to everyone like, hey, here's how we started a business in 24 hours. You can go online at okdork.com slash 69 to see the full email that we used in one of our sponsorships. Number 20, I talked a little bit about in the beginning, but in your course or in your business, you have to have one clear goal. Our goal was 3333, which meant at our $300 per course price, we would generate 1 million in sales. And so if I had to do it all over again, I would probably measure it by the number of people who completed a certain action so that our outcome of success is tied to our customer's outcome of success. But I think this is probably the most common mistake I see in business and in marketing is that they have no clear goal that they're working backwards from. They always say, what's the marketing thing I should do? What's the tactic I should do? When in reality, it should be, what's my goal? And what are the things that will help me towards my goal? So I know if they're helping me move in that direction or not. Number 21, landing pages. So most people, as I said earlier, are not ready to buy a course or high priced product at the exact moment you are. So one way to do that is give them education for them to believe you 
that you're going to help them get the results that you're promising. So we bought ads on lifehacker.com, facebook.com, retargeting, and we would send them to landing pages so that they would sign up for eBooks or welcome email series that would educate them around what we tell them we will do. So we had landing pages that said how to make a thousand dollar a month business. They would give us an email and they would get in the drip series. Sometimes that's more effective than just sending them to a complete landing page that's really, really long. Number two, this is actually, I think, one of the most valuable ones that's a little bit different, which is optimizing customer success for word of mouth. So if you go to okdork.com slash 69, you could see exactly how we did it on our spreadsheet. But what we did is that we went through every single customer and every single page, and we saw how far people got in our course. So if you have an online product, the parallel of this would be what kind of results every single one of your customers are getting in your product. And what we did then is that we said, all right, well, most customers are getting about 30% through our course. How do we get more people to 60% through our course? And we went through every single page and changed the page or deleted it to help optimize that people would get higher results in our course. And what we believed is that if people got results and loved our course, they would be more likely to tell their friends. And it worked significantly. This is probably one of the biggest drivers that uh, we did this complete refresh and we definitely saw an increase in sales from doing this. So I would highly recommend you guys doing that. I honestly like, I know we did these 22 things. I can't believe we did this much to actually sell 333. It was one of the hardest years I've ever had in the business, but the proportions of your effort should be proportional to your results. So if you wanna make a million dollars, you gotta work the effort of a million dollars. And I want you to go do that. Let me give you the 22 again if you're like, oh, what was the first one? I know it's a lot, especially for a podcast episode. So number one is prove it to them live. That we did sumo jerky. What can you do in your own business to prove it to them live? Number two, Facebook ads, blah, blah, blah. You already know that. Number three, create microsites. So we did how I made my first dollar where we showcased how people made their first dollars. Number four, email drip series. Do a welcome email series. So when someone comes to your site, you capture their email with sumo.com and then send them a welcome series. Number five, urgency. Can you put a timer? Can you put limit the amount that people can buy? What can you do to encourage people to buy right away? Number six, keep emailing them about it. I know, blows my mind that they don't buy right away. I wish they would just listen, but they don't. As well, try that double opens thing with changing subject lines and sending to non-openers that I told you about. Number seven, create a conference. Tell them if they buy, you can come to the conference. Number eight, live chat. That was always great. Use live chat to sell, plus to get the language that they're using so you can update your website with their language. Number nine, case studies. Number 10, no canceling. If people are trying to cancel, don't let them. Not that you want to make it hard. Don't be like Comcast, but talk with them through it about like, why are they really trying to cancel? Number 11, go answer questions for free. Give them all the information for free. Do it on Reddit, do it on Facebook groups, do it in meetup groups, wherever it is. Go answer questions as free as possible. Number 12, do a mastermind, smaller groups. Number 13, guest posts and podcasts anywhere you can. Calculate your ROI of time. So how many customers do we think we get? And then how much time is it gonna take me? And if it makes sense, do it. Number 14, test your pricing. That's something you should always be doing every few months, if not sooner. Number 15, build referrals into your business. So why should people be excited to share it? You don't have to give them money and incentivize them. Just think about why would they be excited to publicly talk about it and put a big button in front of them. Let them go know to do it. Number 16, A-B tests. So we changed the name of our course and we reorganized our site. Those were our two huge A-B tests that worked. There was a bunch that didn't. So make sure you try to A-B tests. 17, affiliate partners. Some people like them, some people don't. Sometimes they're scammy, sometimes they're not. Try it out. Number 18, do challenges. Maybe I'll give you a challenge at the end of this one. Number 19, sponsor newsletters. So what I'm saying here is try sponsoring other things besides just spending your money on Facebook ads. Number 20, one clear goal for your business. Do it. Number 21, landing pages. Simplify it for your customers. So when they get there, they know exactly what to do. Number 22, optimize for your customer's success. Go optimize it. Are they getting success? If you optimize that more, there's a higher chance that they're gonna actually refer more people. 
So what I want you to do is go do one of these things for your business, send me an email, know at okdoor.com, and I will personally do a 15-minute call with you to help you talk about your business. So that is the challenge. Do one of these things, send me an email with what you've done, know at okdoor.com, and I will talk with you about your business. Maybe you don't want me to talk with you, but I'm gonna talk with you anyways. That's a wrap. I hope you liked the episode. It was a bit different. It was like tactic after tactic after tactic. I hope you didn't zone out. But if you want to see it again, go to okdoor.com slash 69. Next, go text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's go have some Red Bull and dance in the park together. I love you. Uh, finally, you're not going to send me feedback, but go leave a review if you made it this far in the episode. I'd love to hear what you have to think about it. Go on iTunes or Overcast and be writing a review. Final plug. Special thanks to Jason at podcasttech.com. As always, for making these podcasts sound so damn good. Uh, and thanks to all the guys at the OK Dork team. And special shout out again to Ben Mises. And special shout out to Henrique Ibaldo at sumo.com for making those pretty, pretty designs that I love. Love you guys. Bye.